Welcome to the New Money Podcast, where we speak about all things crypto. In today's Rewind Back to Basics episode, I'm going to be speaking about forks. Uh, just going to be speaking about what a fork is, give you a breakdown of the process of creating a fork, uh, give you some examples of forks in crypto. So say, for example, I'm going to be speaking about Bitcoin Cash, which is a fork of Bitcoin. I'm going to be speaking about Ethereum Classic, which is a fork of Ethereum. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you gain a good understanding of what a fork is. So, what is a fork? And no, I'm not speaking about the fork you use to have spaghetti or the fork some of you wayward people may use to eat rice. A fork, or in other words, a consensus fork, which is what the real term of the forks that's generally speak about in crypto is called, is a change in the consensus rules of a blockchain. Uh, Emphasis on the word consensus, so... Consensus just basically means when a group of people agree on a certain rule. And in the blockchain, uh, consensus rules on the Bitcoin network are things like block size, proof of work, Bitcoin reward per block. So a group of developers have agreed on these rules and a fork of that is when a few people no longer agree on that rule and now they have a consensus on another type of thing that should be added to that blockchain. So they've then gone on to decide to fork off of that blockchain. There are also other types of forks, such as a network fork, but I'll speak about that in another day. So a consensus fork can be a software fork or a hard fork. A software fork is where the rules have become less restrictive so basically people following the old rules of the blockchain can now also follow the new rules of the blockchain after the fork so say something has been added to that blockchain it doesn't stop people from still following the old rules of blockchain so i'll give you an example say for example at school you had to wear a school uniform but Everyone used to always had their their own little pizzazz to the school uniform. So you, you may add like a little, you have like a wristband or you have something else that made it your own. And that's basically what software fork is. So generally it's still your school uniform and you never really had teachers telling you off about the little change in what you were wearing in terms of school uniform. So it was still your school uniform and that's what a software fork is. A software fork means creating an alternative version of that project where different developers are pursuing different rules. So they still have the same principles of Bitcoin, but it may be with a slight tweak. So, yeah, so it may be with a slight tweak. Uh, Segwit was a soft fork of Bitcoin, which I will develop on later. So remember that. And then a consensus fork can also be a hard fork. So this is where the rules have become more restrictive, which means that people following the old rules of the blockchain will find the new rules to be invalid in circumstances. I'm going to go back to the screen for example again. So in school, you'd have the people that just didn't care about the uniform and 
would have such a variety of uniform that teachers would have to, would tell you to go home. So that's basically what a hard fork is. A hard fork is when you've added something to the uniform so much that it's basically not the uniform again and it's something different and it you can't follow the same rules as what was the previous blockchain in, was in. So that uniform, you can't use that uniform to go to school. You have to go, go like teachers would tell you to go back home because that was not the same thing. So if you think about that in the blockchain terms, it's like the new fork is not the same as the old blockchain. Whereas in a software fork, it's practically the same. Just there's been a little tweak to it. The formal definition of a hard fork in blockchain is a permanent divergence from the previous version of the blockchain, as, I, as I've explained. And nodes running previous versions will no longer be accepted by the newest chain. So when a hard fork happens, the rules have changed. The new rules are not compatible with the old rules. So basically you can't make the same transactions with the previous blockchain. And that's why we have a new currency. They are separate blockchains with separate rules. So if there is no consensus on a blockchain, which means, as I said, developers don't agree on the rules of the blockchain, then a hard fork can be implemented to break off the chain. The rules of the chain are enforced by four nodes. And I know a lot of you may not be familiar with what a node is. And a full node is just a program that fully validates transactions and blocks. So whenever you make a transaction on through Bitcoin, they're kind of like a middleman who validates those transactions. And it's not just one person, there's loads of people around the world called miners who are typing away, trying to validate that transaction. So almost all full nodes also help the network by accepting transactions and blocks from other full nodes validating those transactions and blocks and then relaying them to further four nodes so that it can become secure and they can um, accept that transaction as well. So if the, after a hard fork, miners choose to mine blocks that do not abide with the new rules, then the four nodes, they reject the block and the transaction will not occur. So that's why it's saying that by definition, hard forks are always incompatible with the original chain. Therefore, a hard fork will always be irrevocable and permanent. Also, hard fork basically means you're getting free money because the coin that's been forked that you own, you then have the original coin and you also have the new coin. And depending on the monetary value of the new coin, you basically be a lot wealthier. Well, I guess that's if you decide to sell the new coin. I hope you're still with me, by the way. I hope none of you have dozed off yet, but... Let me give you a real life example of something that may be a hard fork. Think about political parties that you have now. So you have the Labour Party, you have the Green Party, you have the UKIP, you have the Conservatives, you have the Lib Dem. At one point, many years ago, there were maybe only two parties. So you'd say the Labour Party and the Conservative Party. But then a few people differed in terms of rules of what they believed in, in the Labour or Conservative Party. And they then started parties like the Green Party, the UKIP. So their core values is kind of the same, but a lot more of the views differ from the original party. So they're basically now two different things. Let me give you some examples of forks that you may already know in crypto. So for Bitcoin, before Bitcoin Cash, funnily enough, there was a uh, fork called Bitcoin XT, 
there's been a Bitcoin Classic, and there's also been a Bitcoin Unlimited. But they all fizzled out with little support. And funny enough, I don't think a lot of people do know about those folks, which is clear to see that they do have little support. And then came Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash was created because Bitcoin transactions were slow and expensive. And users wanted a bigger block size with SegWit implementation rather than what was proposed, which was SegWit implementation with the same block size. So basically, say last year, 2017, during the summer, Bitcoin was very slow and expensive. And this thing called Segregated Witness, which I'm about to explain, was meant to be a way to improve Bitcoin and to make it uh, faster and less expensive. But the only problem the uh, Bitcoin cash supporters had with this was that the block size of Bitcoin would remain the same and they didn't want that, so they wanted a bigger block size. So yeah, so SegWit stands for Segregated Witness, which was the implemented soft fork change in the transaction format of Bitcoin. So it was meant to make Bitcoin more scalable, allowing it to be used in a range of capabilities. Uh, Bitcoin was forked through to Bitcoin Cash when basically a block is picked to fork and from that point, Bitcoin Cash wallets reject transactions from that block. So this block number was 478559. And no, I didn't have that off the top of my head. (laughs) But you can try to remember it if you want. And the amazing thing about Bitcoin Cash was that it inherited the full transaction history of all Bitcoin transactions from when it was first made. But from the future onwards, all future transactions would be separate to any previous Bitcoin transaction, which is crazy because that's like from 2008, every single transaction is also registered on Bitcoin Cash so that like there can't be any repeat transactions or any like type of scam. Another fork of Bitcoin was Bitcoin Gold. Bitcoin Gold was implemented to change the way Bitcoin was mined. So with GPUs rather than ASIC mining, uh, this is quite complicated. So I'm going to leave this for another episode. So ASIC mining is seen as centralized because of the difficulty of mining Bitcoin through it. It takes quite a lot of electricity. It's uh, very expensive, whereas GPUs allow users to mine straight off the lap- laptop, which seems a lot easier and it allows more people to do it. So it's classed as more decentralized. Funny, funnily enough, some of your favorite coins like Zcash and Litecoin were forks off of Bitcoin, more specifically Bitcoin Core, which is a fork from Bitcoin in the early days that uh, was forked by Satoshi. Um, as you also know, Ethereum has a fork as well. So Ethereum Classic is a fork of Ethereum. And this happened because in May 2016, a venture capital fund called the DAO, nice name I know, the DAO, which was built on the Ethereum platform, raised $168 million worth of Ethereum with the intention of investing in projects using smart contracts. But it was found out that there were security vulnerabilities with the DAO. And in June 2016, $50 million worth of Ethereum was stolen. Can you imagine? $50 million. That's crazy. And a decision a decision was made to fork F to give back the, sto- the stolen 
So a decision, a decision was made to fork Ethereum to give back the stolen. A decision was made to fork Ethereum to give back the stolen money, sort of like a bank bailout kind of thing, and a lot of people were against it, and they kept the unfork Ethereum, which became Ethereum Classic. So in this case, instead of how we have Bitcoin Cash is a fork of Bitcoin. Ethereum, as you know, is now is basically the fork and the name has just been changed. And Ethereum Classic is the original Ethereum, which just shows that forks may not always be about disagreements with rules and stuff like that. It may also be a way to uh, bail out things such as hacks or like loss of money. The great thing about a decentralized space is that if something gains enough support and it's feasible, feasible without harming the blockchain, it can be done. It brings governance and forks allow different concepts to come to fruition. There's a lot of debate whether forks help the original coin, uh, if it's better for the space or not. But that's for another episode. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.